Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper. It's great to have you join us. And today we are following through on our sermon series that we've called uh, Telling a Better Story. And yesterday, Mark Millington spoke to us, did a great job, didn't he? He did. Uh, and we're looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. And we're thinking about what it means to be led by the Spirit in evangelism. So we would love you to read that passage now. So uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. So press pause, read the passage, then restart the video. So uh, Mark couldn't be with us to uh, to talk us through this, so uh, you've got us two again. Here we are. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, more coming wise now, isn't it? So uh, we're going to just work through this passage and do. Uh, we're going to break the passage into three chunks, um, and then talk through it, and then we're going to give you some things to think through. So off we go. Um, Let's start with the first lot. We will start with verses 26 to uh, 29. Should we do that? Yeah. Uh, and what do you see going on here? What's, what's going to, what would you like to share? Okay, so um, as we know, Acts is written by Luke and Luke is drawing out some particular things always in, in what he's choosing to include or not include in both the gospel and in Acts. Um, and so there's some particular things that, that Luke is drawing out right from the beginning here. Um, so he wants to um, point out that God is beginning to include people from every mm. different nation, every different um, background. And so we, we meet here uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, somebody who is not of Jewish descent, not based in uh, Israel at all, but someone who has a connection to it is therefore um, the Jewish festival is reading Jewish scriptures but but is not part of the, the sort of nation of Israel and and we see here Luke introducing this idea that God is going to include people wider than just those people yeah. um, we see um, that Luke starts to, to reveal um, Jesus as the fulfillment of prophecy and we see that all through Luke's gospel and we see that again here um, and then I can't see the rest of my note. <laughs> we see Luke revealing um, that the Spirit is at work in evangelism, that the Spirit is leading um, the mission of the church as they begin to spread the gospel. And the, the whole thing around the, the eunuch is really interesting, isn't it, Neil? Because um, we don't know why he went to Jerusalem. Uh, maybe he was uh, simply seeking after God. Maybe he was a Jewish convert. Um, but we do know he he, he travelled a long way uh, because on a chariot, uh, you know, you do maybe 25 miles or so a day. Um, so it would have taken him over 48 days to just get from where he was to Jerusalem and then, of course, the same back. Uh, that's quite a time commitment. Mm. Um, and, you know, what we know of him, he's clearly someone of high social standing. He's, he looks after the treasury. Uh, he had a scroll to read. That, that, that in itself indicates wealth. Uh, so he is probably a very wealthy, very responsible, probably very educated man. Um, and here he is either thinking he's found God or he's searching after God in some way. 
So we see um, that the scripture tells us that um, an angel of the Lord speaks to Philip um, and leads this interaction. And um, and then the spirit told Philip, go over to the chariot. So um, we see that God is at work in this interaction and that God set, sets it out as a one-to-one thing that Philip will go over. Um, the, the chariot, apparently they didn't move that fast. So it was possible for Philip to get over there and sort of keep up on foot and but there's that invitation as well coming isn't there to join in the Mm. conversation and we actually don't know where Philip started from you know we assume it's Samaria because that's where he had been but he could have easily gone back to Jerusalem at this point and been with the apostles so either he's traveled from Samaria to uh, this desert road or he's gone from Jerusalem to this desert road Uh, but it's interesting that you know an angel appears to him um, and he goes immediately you know, he just says yes, and off he goes. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole thing in the story of Luke emphasizing the divine, supernatural nature of evangelism all the way through, um, particularly in this story. Um, anything else you want to, to bring out to this passage? Just that for us, as we think about telling a better story, um, this is a brilliant example, isn't it, of being led by the Spirit, being attentive to the Spirit and being ready um, to to act. Um, And I'm quite challenged. We talked when we were looking at the Missional Life course about um, leaving space in our lives. I think this is a really brilliant example to us of our lives, having enough space in to hear God and to respond. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the fascinating thing here is uh, the eunuch is reading absolutely one of the best passages he could read for Philip to start talking to him about Jesus. Yeah, and uh, we'll see that in a moment. So uh, let's go on to the next section, verse 30, uh, all the way through, and we'll f- do 30 to 35. Uh, so uh, Philip hears what this man's reading and he's because most people read out loud then and so he's reading uh, this passage from isaiah uh, and what does philip do he just asks a question asks a question what a brilliant what a brilliant thing to notice in that passage that that philip comes along and um, opens with a question and i think often we can be tempted can't we to open with our own spiel (laughs) but philip doesn't do that and that that's Um, in some ways more risky because when we open with what we want to say we're in control of the conversation but actually um, a question is an invitation to explore with somebody and it takes a bit of a risk for us because we don't know that we're going to have the answer to their questions or where they take the conversation but what what that question well what philip does in asking a question is determines where the eunuch is in his journey with god because, well, we'll get into the implications of that. That's what he does. He asks the question to find out what's going on in this guy's life. And, um, and then starts to take him further. So he starts from that passage and then explains the good news about Jesus and what a passage to start from, um, and then takes it further. He starts to uh, fill in the gaps for the eunuch, as, as we started to talk about a few weeks ago, that you know, that's what we do. We look to see where people are at fill in the gaps, encourage them in their journey to move on. 
Anything else you want to say on this passage? So we talked about the, the sort of cues that we have here, um, a little bit of information about the eunuch that tells us that he is influential, that he has high social standing. Um, and so for Philip to approach, mm. um, to come alongside and start asking questions, this is, this is quite unconventional, it's quite risky. Um, but he's bold in, in coming alongside and, and, and asking a question like, do you understand what you're reading is, is quite a sort of um, challenging question in a way, isn't yes. it? But he's, he's able to sort of take that risk and to, to step into that relationship. And I think sometimes we, we read these things as if, yeah, that was totally normal to just walk up to someone and start asking them questions. Um, and we envisage that culture as being so different, but actually culturally for them, this was still quite a sort of bold risky thing to do for Jesus absolutely and you know someone of, of the eunuch's standing probably had a guard you know it, it was a long journey it was a dangerous journey uh, there'd be thieves all the way along the route uh, so probably had some kind of guard with him and so Philip walking alongside and trying to engage in the conversation it was probably a bit risky uh, so let's move on to the final section uh, verses 36 onwards uh, and here we see, in some way, the, the eunuch takes initiative and says, uh, I want to be baptised. Clearly, Philip must have talked to him about baptism and the importance of baptism. Uh, but the eunuch takes the initiative and says, I want to be. And that was quite normal. In, uh, we see it in Acts. You know, people come to a place of conversion and then immediately get baptised. It happens regularly throughout uh, Acts. Um, and then, of course, there's this whole thing about Philip disappearing. Yes. Where did he go? Where did he go? <laughs> uh, and you know, I like a little bit of Greek. Uh, and the Greek word here for, for suddenly taken um, is Greek word hopatso. Uh, and it kind of means to be snatched up and is, is used uh, around the rapture to talk about how uh, Christians will be uh, snatched up into heaven and uh, kind of disappear. And it's got that sense to it of being just there one minute on the next. I really like this idea because I am a person who really doesn't like um, the, the dead time taken up by things like travelling. Yes. <laughs> so I, I quite like the idea that I could just reappear in the next place and start doing what God's called me to do again. It'd be so much easier, wouldn't it? No more it travel. No yeah. more train journeys. Yeah. But Philip ends up going to another place and what does he do there? He preaches the He gospel. preaches the gospel again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is this tells us something. So I wanted to draw out a bit as well that um, this this move to baptism is really important, isn't it? Because we we should these interactions that we have when we preach the gospel, it should lead to a move of faith. It should lead to something, um, and that thing should be being baptised. That's what Jesus calls us to do, um, to preach the gospel and baptise people. Um, and so Philip does that, and then he just finds himself somewhere else and does it again. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously he's aware that the Spirit's leading him to these places. He's literally mm -hmm. just popping up in, in the middle of roads, like, oh, right, that guy next then. <laughs> Um, but but where we find ourselves and then where we find ourselves next, sometimes I think we, we preach the gospel and then we're like, right, well, that's me done for the day. Um, but actually, you know, God call us, calls, calls us to keep looking yeah. for those opportunities. That's right. And, you know, the, the whole miraculous thing, some people find difficult. Um, but 
uh, I've got no problem with this. You know, this is like the early days of, of the, the church and incredible things are happening. And it, to, you know, for me, there's no problem with God if he wants to, you know, moving one person to another place in an instant, if that's what he chooses to do. Um, and then it says the eunuch went away rejoicing. Of course, you know, he's been, he's discovered Jesus, he's been baptised, he's starting to experience something in new life. And one of the hallmarks of new life is always joy. You see that all the way through Acts. Um, and then we don't know what happens to this eunuch. Nope. Uh, we've got no other um, information on him. Uh, there are certainly stories about him. Uh, that he went and preached the gospel in Ethiopia and is responsible for uh, the church there because there was a very, very, very early church in Ethiopia. And you could imagine that happening, can't you? Here's a man of wealth, of standing, of connection. He goes back home, tells his story of meeting Philip and discovering Jesus, uh, and suddenly other people want to know more. So you can imagine that that happened. He certainly wouldn't have kept it quiet. So, uh, should we think about uh, what does all this mean for us and go a little bit wider? So, what does all this mean for us, uh, especially in terms of are we going to get snatched up and taken to Liverpool for tomorrow or something like that? Who knows? Uh, but let's think about what we actually learn from this passage because there is quite a bit to learn, really. So, uh, why don't you start, Beck? Okay, so I think the first thing that we learn in this passage is that Philip um, is ready to respond to the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And I talked a little bit before about um, how we need to leave space to be able to do that. Um, both space to be listening to God and familiar with God's voice, but also to, to be able to be diverted from the things that have to happen in our day. Um, so he's aware and alert to the Spirit's leading, but also he's leaving space to be able to, to follow where the Spirit leads. That's right. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting how he responds so quickly in this. And I think that's something for us to pick up on. Uh, and I think that's, you know, the knowing what he had to do uh, and acting so quickly, is a, there's some certainty there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know about you, but uh, for, you know, for all of you watching, whenever God speaks, there's always an element of doubt in my mind. You know, is that God? Is that me? All that kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes we just have to step out and try it because we'll never actually know it's God until we step out and see if it is. Uh, it's only in the working it through that we discover actually that was God after all and it wasn't me. So we do have to be prepared to take a risk. Get stuck in, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So then um, following on from that, Philip is willing to take a risk. Um, and we talked a little bit about the, the difference in social standing here, that the potentially um, the eunuch would have not wanted to speak to Philip, that um, he goes over cold um, and is ready to take a risk on being rejected. He's ready to take a risk on um, answering a question that he might not be ready for, um, but he gets stuck in and takes those risks. And that's the risk that we all face, isn't it? Whenever we think God might be saying, go and talk to someone, uh, we don't know, do we, whether they'll want to hear what we have to say, whether they'll accept what we want to say, uh, whether they might be offended, uh, all of that kind of stuff. There is risk Absolutely. to all of this. And we, all we can do is be obedient to God. 
listen to what God's saying and be true to it because God knows what's happening. Uh, and also, you know, the risk is, you know, Philip didn't know how, whether, you know, this eunuch would listen to him and certainly didn't know what the outcome would be. Philip didn't know that potentially the outcome was a whole new church in Ethiopia. Philip was just being obedient. And learning how to be uh, obedient and trusting in God is the key to this. That we have to learn that if we're to see real, real impact in people's lives, we have to firstly be obedient and then trust God that he knows what he's doing. Next That's one. It. And then um, I think the third thing to notice is that Philip is ready to explain mm. the good news. And so the passage doesn't really tell us exactly what Philip says or, or how he does it, but we can take that he, he gets all the way to repent and be baptised because we get a baptism in the, in the course of the passage. But he's ready um, to take on the questions that, that he might be asked. He's ready to step into that moment. Mm. Um, and he, he's thought about what, what he's going to say and how he's going to approach that. And the other side of that is not only was Philip ready to, to tell the good news, the eunuch was ready to hear it. And that's where we need to trust God, isn't it? That if God says, go and see someone, it's because, it's because they're ready to hear something or they're ready to move on to a next step. You know, and uh, Mark, I think, did a great job yesterday in, in highlighting how, you know, to us, we don't know what that next step is. And he talked about um, someone getting, uh, being asked if they could, someone could pray for them for healing for their broken leg. Uh, and it was the fourth person and she declined the other three. She said no to them. But this fourth one came along and she said yes and was healed. Uh, but it took the other three to encourage her to think uh, more openly about the possibility of receiving prayer. Uh, and all we can do is be obedient in that, you know, and trust that in some way God is preparing that person to hear and respond to the good news. Yeah. Uh, God's at work in this world, touching every single life, trying to bring them closer to him. And we have to trust that. And that is the amazing thing about being spirit-led in the way that we do mission and evangelism, isn't it? That if we are just going on our own, trying to mm. work out who we're supposed to speak to, we are much more likely to encounter rejection and difficult questions. But if we are able to be tuned into where the Spirit's at work and who God is calling us to speak to each day, then we're, we're much more likely to hit upon those places where God's already at work, where people are already yeah. asking questions. Um, and that's the great thing about partnering with the Holy Spirit. It makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what, yeah, what he's know. doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who could have guessed that? Anyway, so let's think about some questions for you to consider in your mission communities or on your own. So here's some questions for you to consider in your mission communities. Uh, so first one is not really a question. Just tell some stories about how you think you've been led by God to do something and how that felt and what happened with it, even if it was a bit of a mess. Don't worry about that. Uh, but just have a chat. Tell stories to encourage one another and to build one another up about how God has led you. Okay, so when you have had enough of storytelling, um, then let's consider what are the things, the ingredients that need to be in place in our lives mm. for us to live in a way that is um, open to being prompted by the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, next question is, uh, do you actually have space in your diary to be directed by the Holy Spirit? Or are you so, is your day so filled that actually if God said to you go and see someone, you wouldn't be able to do it? Or you'd need that like special transportation system that's right, that's right, in place. Yeah. yeah, the Holy Spirit transportation <laughs> system. So uh, do you have space in your day to be directed by God? And uh, the next question is this, uh, what are some of the opening kind of invitational questions that we could ask to open up a conversation about faith? So Philip just simply said, you know, do you understand what you're reading? Uh, what are the kind of questions we could ask? Uh, and it'd be great for you to, to think this through because I'm actually going to talk about this on Sunday. Uh, so if you do some thinking about it beforehand, uh, it'll make my job so much easier. So. What are the questions you can ask to start a conversation? And then um, I mentioned right back at the beginning that, um, that this eunuch is outside of the Jewish community where so far the, the gospel had really been spreading. Um, and I wonder if, if it expresses something, certainly what Luke is trying to express to us in, in pointing this story out to us, is that God wants to include people who we might choose to exclude or just not notice um, and I wonder if you can think of who who that might be for us today who are the people who we don't notice who we would choose to exclude and how might mm. God want to include them uh, and how can we play our part in that fantastic so that brings our time together to an end thank you for joining us uh, do please join us again on Sunday either in person or online uh, and then join us again next Tuesday for deeper so until then, stay safe and have a great week. Goodbye now. Bye.